Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Hey, welcome to the Prolific Creator, the best place to get inspiration, encouragement, tips, and tricks for getting your creations and your art into the world. I'm your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and today I'm going to talk about a creative rule of life. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, what exactly is a creative rule of life? Well, a creative rule of life is an ancient practice for ordering our days. It's intentional living at its best. So what would it look like if we took this ancient practice and applied it to our creativity? And so today I want to share with you the 10 rules of the creative life that I use to get more things done, to write books, to create things, to make things. And I'm hoping it will apply to you. Now, when I say this podcast is for artists, I don't mean just those that write and just those who sing and dance and make films, and but also those that start things, those that make things, those that do the generous thing, those that share their stuff with the world. So entrepreneurs and business owners and moms and dads and, and anyone that's sharing their story, sharing their art. When I say art, I say that in very broad strokes. So I hope these 10 rules of the creative life can apply to you and you just need to be creative. See what I did there? Uh, to apply them into your sphere, into your area of influence, to where you are, what you're doing, what you're making, what you're up to. And I also find that these rules are my rules. So you can take them or leave them, you can tweak them, you can apply them directly or use the principles behind them to make your own rules. And that's actually what I want you to do is as I share these things, I hope it will be an encouragement and inspiration to you to go and create and craft your own rule of life. Now I will say before I share these 10 things is the reason why this is really powerful for me is because for so many years, I just kind of dilly dallied. Uh, can we say dilly dallied on podcasts? I think we can. But I dilly-dallied. I didn't really get things done. I started things. I didn't finish things, especially when it came to writing. Uh, I had these ideas for books and novels and things, and, and they just sat in drawers, and I didn't really finish them. And, and I didn't know why that was. It wasn't that I didn't have stories to tell. It wasn't that I wasn't motivated, but I needed something a little more intentional in my life that I would actually begin to 
put the words on the page. And, and I find that that applies to a lot of things in my life, my relationships, things I'm, I'm making is if there's no rule, there's no intentionality, there's no, there's no kind of guardrails for what I'm doing, or what I'm trying to accomplish. It just kind of goes away. And so I would just wait on the muse or wait for inspiration, but sometimes the muse and the inspiration don't come. So what do we do? Well, we need a creative rule of life. That's what we need folks. So I'm going to share my 10 with you and I hope that you're encouraged by them. I hope you can take these principles and apply them in your world, in your life. So number one, one, I will talk and act like a creator. This is really about an identity statement. Writers, write, painters, paint, entrepreneurs, start businesses. We can't say we're something unless our actions complement these desires. And so for so long, I said, well, I have this book. I want to tell these stories. I, I want to share this message with the world. And yet I didn't actually sit down and put words on paper or tap my fingers at the keyboard. And so the reality was until I started telling myself and telling other people that I actually was a writer that's when I actually began to put words on the paper. That's when I actually began to finish what I started. And I think that's a really important principle for our rule of life is that we begin to talk and act like a creator, that, that we're actually, it's the thing that we do. It's not just an idea because I think a lot of people, when you actually get near them and you say, you know, what do you do or what do you want to do or what are you cooking up or what are you making or what are you crafting? It's like, well, I want to do this and I have these big ideas and, and good intentions, but we actually don't put our lives in a place to actually do the work. And the good news is that really the difference between a real and wannabe creator or writer or business owner or ministry leader is not one who talks about these things, but it's actually one that does the work that puts in the time that makes the thing that learns the skill. So our baseline rule is really an identity statement that kind of drives all the rest of these rules of life that what is it, would it look like for you to begin to call yourself an actual writer, an actual creator, an actual business owner. And again, this isn't just about faking it till you make it, but it's a strong identity statement to actually move us into action. My second rule of life is I will schedule my creations. I will schedule my creations. It's, it's funny how creative people get bent out of shape when we talk about calendars and scheduling. But the irony is that you schedule most things in your life. And so the, the, the funny thing is that people think, well, if I schedule things, it's going to kill creativity. I'm all about the organic. I'm all about the spontaneity. That's the name of the game. As the muse comes, as the inspiration comes, well, my muse and my inspiration comes every morning at 6 a.m. when I sit down to do the work, when I schedule my time to write, when I schedule my time to make whatever I'm making. Because the reality is, how does your book get made? Well, you have to have plan. You have to have a plan time to write. How does your business get off the ground? Well, you have to make space to write a business proposal and set up meetings with interested investors and follow up with interested interested partners. And all of this requires scheduling and planning. You need to put your creating time, your thinking time, your reflecting time on a calendar, and you need to keep it sacred and not let anyone rob you of that time. Because like anything else, when your dentist appointment comes up, you go at three o'clock on Tuesdays because that's where you go see dentists. Everybody knows that. But in the same way, by putting it on the calendar, 
we're able to do the work. We're able to put down the words. We're able to get that business proposal going or that ministry plan going. There's nothing that kills creativity just because it's on a calendar that doesn't kill your spontaneity spontaneity or this idea of being organic or, or the muse. It's actually funny. It's when we actually put ourselves in a space to do the work, that's where all that creative energy comes from. It's a, it's a practice. It's a habit. Now every day is not going to be bliss, but you'll be amazed how much you do accomplish by actually putting it on a calendar. So put it on a calendar. Third rule of life. I will find a tribe. I will find a tribe. The best place to find inspiration and encouragement is a community of like-minded people. You don't need to go this alone. Often we think, especially in creative work, you know, I'm writing this book, I'm making this painting. Um, and it can be an isolating thing and it can be a very individualized thing, but you need a community to be part of. You want to learn the ins and outs of starting a nonprofit? Well, get a coffee with a successful social entrepreneur, someone who started a nonprofit or someone who started a business. Find a community of people that are doing this kind of work. You, you want to grow in your, your creative output. You want to surround yourself with people who are doing the work and making the things. You want to ask questions. You want to read the stuff they're reading. You want to go to the conferences that they're, they're going to. You can't go it alone because if you're struggling to even get off the ground. Sometimes the best inspiration is a tribe of like-minded people. I found in the writing community to be some of the most encouraging people I've ever been around. It's amazing how many people reach out to me just to have coffee and just get to know each other. No big agenda. It's just, Hey, I just want to be in a community of like-minded people that are writing things and making things. How can we talk about that? And if you're struggling to find the right tribe, I'd, I'd encourage you to start your own community, start a meetup, start a Facebook group where other like-minded people and folks can, can gather, dream up whatever that community of people, maybe doesn't exist yet. So maybe you need to start it. Maybe you need to make it. Maybe you need to take the initiative and invite some people into your community to build and make the things that you're, you're creating. So find a tribe. That's an important piece of being a prolific creator. So rule number four, I will fight perfection and resistance. Here's why, because perfection is like chasing unicorns. It doesn't exist. I love the approach that the software companies take. It's called the MVP approach. It's the most viable product. So when they launch a product, they get it to a, a good enough space and then they launch it out into the world. Now, obviously they have to tweak it along the way. That's why there's software updates. Things are rebuilt. Things are, are, are changed because of market demand, all those kinds of things. But I, I love that, that, that principle. I'm just going to put this thing out in the world. It's not perfect because it's, it will never be perfect. Your book will never be perfect. Now it may not include, it may not have spelling errors, but there's going to be holes in your storytelling. There's going to be things on the cover that are wrong. There might be spelling errors, whatever it is, but, but whatever you're making, whatever you're doing, the business you're starting, the organization you're starting, it's never going to be a perfect thing. So we need to fight perfection and resistance. Now, part of it is learning how to dance with it because we all struggle with that. I think perfection and resistance are rooted in fear. How are people going to see me? How are people going to think about me? Are they going to think I'm dumb? Are they going to think I'm incompetent? You know, what if it fails? And so a lot of times is we use the perfectionist tendencies to kind of not make the thing that we're making because we're scared that people are going to laugh at us or make fun of us. And so when I piddled around, it seems like I'm using that word a lot. When I piddled around in my first book, I, I found underneath all of that was my hesitancy to share it was because of perfectionism. 
you know, I need another round of edits. I needed it to, you know, fix the cover again. I need to send it back to my creative team and say, Hey, take a look at this one more time before I could send it out in the world. But the reality was, I believe this book had to be perfect or could be perfect when in reality it never will be. And so we learn to dance with perfection and, um, and resistance because resistance is that thing. It's when you get up every day and, and there's that little voice that just says, you just, you can't do this. You're not good at this. You're a failure. You stink. Why waste your time? And so we have to learn to dance with it because it doesn't matter how many things you've made or done or accomplished. You're always going to have those seeds of perfectionism and resistance that come with it. And so we learn how to dance with it so that our creations can get out into the world. And so we have to do whatever we need to do to fight that perfectionism and fight that resistance, which some of these will help along the way, as you'll see, which is where number five comes in. I will finish what I start. See, there's something that breaks open when you finish something that you start. And I, I experienced that when I wrote my first book is, is just getting to the finish line, getting it out in the world, letting people read it, letting, getting some feedback and just getting it kind of that first thing that, that levy kind of breaks inside of us. Now it's not that this book was, you know, sold millions of copies or anything, but rather I learned how to start and finish something and there's magic in the finishing and it doesn't mean it was easy. It took me a couple years, but subsequent books didn't take as long because I learned how to finish. That doesn't mean it was easier. It just, I had grown in my craft and I had grown in some skill and I knew how to edit better and, and I knew how to get better feedback and those kinds of things. So this also means every project we're working on, whatever we're creating, whatever we're making is always going to get the green light, but you have to get in the habit of finishing things because finishing is uh, key. There's something that breaks open in us when we finish things, just starting and finishing. And again, it doesn't mean that thing is great and making you a lot of money or getting a lot of eyeballs on whatever that thing is, or the business is going well, or the ministry is going well or whatever, whatever it is. But there's just something about when you f finish something, I think it helps with the perfectionism. And I think it helps with the resistance because you kind of push through those things and it, it kind of tells yourself, I can do this because perfection is always the enemy of done and getting your thing out in the world. So number five, I will finish what I started on. Number six, I will keep learning. A creative person must keep learning. I'm amazed how many people stop reading and staying curious once they've had a little success or really once they've left college or college age, they, they just, they go stale. They, we need to keep our curiosity and our wonder of life sizzling with books and conversations and podcasts and conferences and seminars and meeting interesting people, because I think a leader is a reader and is also a learner. We need to put in our lives inspiration and encouragement, whatever that may, may look like for you. Conversations with people, books, conferences, classes, keep learning, be a learner. When you get stuck, often learning from others dead or alive can be the kick in the pants that we need. Because often what happens is when you read other people, especially when you read other people, 
or even hear interviews is you realize the things that they struggle with are the exact same things that you struggle with. That sometimes we, this is what I love about the era in which we live is that we have these podcasts and people are more open about their process and open about how they make things, whether that be a musician or a writer or, um, you know, an architect or whatever they're making or building. And, and I love the fact that they all say something very similar is that it's always difficult. <laughs> I think we look at these competent, successful people and we say, man, look at Stephen King and all the books he writes and the great stories he tells. I mean, it just must be so easy for him. And then you, you listen to him and it's, it's always work and it's always a, a struggle and you're always going to run into problems. So there's something about reading biographies, listening to podcasts, watching interviews, talking to people that are in the craft, doing the thing that you're doing or something like it, and you find encouragement by keep learning from that. Learn what they do. Learn their process. Learn how they think about things. Be a learner. And a lot of times in the learning is where the inspiration comes. As you take something, like Austin Kleon says, we, we steal like an artist. As we take a little inspiration from this person or that person or where this person struggled, and we put it into our own craft, into our own toolbox. So keep on learning. We need to build that into our rule of life. Keep on learning. Number seven. I will ship and share my work. I will ship and share my work. See, creating without sharing is like eating without tasting. When you make something, don't be afraid to share it. Who cares if anyone likes it or doesn't get high praise? As Seth Godin likes to say, it wasn't for them. We must get comfortable with sharing the things we make. Going back to Seth Godin, one of the things I'm, I'm always encouraged by him and inspired by him is that he's written a blog post every day for the last, I think, like 15 years. Every single day, he writes something on his blog. Often, they're very short, maybe 100 words, 200 words, 300 words, nothing long. But every day, he's disciplined himself to write about the things he's thinking about and share with the world and see what sticks. There, there's something in that about the sharing, the shipping, the here's my, here's my thought, here's my idea, here's my message, here's my, my building I made, here's my book I wrote. Here's the ministry I started. Whatever it is, we share that thing. Because there's something in sharing that breaks up and we have a rule of life. And, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit, just a moment on, on the next one, which will make sense. But there's, there's something when we set on our calendar a shipping date. By this date, this thing, whatever this thing is, is going into the world. And we try to see if we can, can meet that that goal because that's a rule of life. That's, that's saying that I'm not just playing around like how many people, 81% of people on the planet want to write a book. How many of those people will actually write a book? Well, part of that is one, they don't put it on the calendar. They don't actually do the work. So how's it ever going to get in the world? But they also don't set a time to ship it out in the world to say, what is my ship date? When is this thing going to see the light of day? Now we don't, can't always control that. We don't always know when it's going to be done. Sometimes it takes longer than others. Sometimes we miss our deadlines. We get that. But there's just a habit of having something on our calendar to get it out in the world that makes all the difference, which leads to number eight, which is I will keep track. Sometimes we fool ourselves and we tell ourselves that we're making a lot of things or we're, we're making progress. But when we keep track, maybe our word count, Upon further investigation, we find out we spent more time on Netflix than actually reading, or I should say writing. And we've been reading about writing, but not actually writing. 
So we keep track because data and math aren't liars. They, they tell us the actual story of our creativity. That's my favorite thing to do is, oh, tell me about that book that you've been talking about for seven years. Well, show me how many words you're writing a day to get that done. And you find out they haven't written anything in 18 months. I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I'm saying there is something about keeping track and keeping track isn't about being jerky. It's just about math and math doesn't lie. It could tell us a healthy picture of what's actually going on. And it is embarrassing because there's times where I say, you know, I need to work on this project and it realized, wow, I've spent a lot more time watching Netflix than I haven't actually working on that project. So tracking things keeps us motivated and actually putting in word counts, putting in deadlines, all the things we've talked about before is really important so that we can get our work out in the world. That's the end game. That's the point. That's why we have this rule of life in place is so that we can be more creative. We can experience more of the joy of creation and sharing the joy of others, enjoying what we have made and what we're sharing with the world. So keep track of things. And again, the, the, the what you track and the data you track is important to you. It's individualized to you, whether you're starting a business or writing a book but have something in place that actually shows you that you're making progress. Did you, did you meet with that person you said you were going to meet with? Or when are you going to do that? When are you going to send that email to that person who's interested in your business or your ministry or whatever it is? So the rule of life, this rule of life, especially is helpful for numbers four and five and seven. You can go back to those as well. So keep track nine. I will take breaks. I will take breaks. Say it together. feels really good. Now this feels counterintuitive, right? We've got to rest. We're creating things. We're making meetings, deadlines. We're building stuff, long hours at the office. Why in the world would we ever take a break? I get it. But the rhythm of rhythm, the rhythm of work and rest is a gift from the divine. Nobody can function without breaks. We all know it deep in our bones. You are no good to yourself or others and your organization and your craft. If you never shut things down. If you just constantly create, constantly push, constantly have another meeting, constantly, you know, forget about your eating and your health and exercise and just continually just burn a a candle on both ends. It's unhealthy. You need to take breaks. And I think this rule of life should include a weekly break. So I think once a day, once a, once a day, maybe even once a day, uh, once a week, at least is you need to take a break. You need to just shut it down and not put energy into the thing that you're building as time allows. I know sometimes that's not possible, but I would work really hard to try to take one day a week to say, Nope, I'm shutting it down. And then I would also say as time allows and other seasons of life allows that you need to plan other longer breaks. That may be a couple weeks or possibly a couple months. I took a, a sabbatical last year and it was one of the greatest gifts of my life to take two and a half, almost three months off to recharge and refuel so that I could be more useful to my wife and my kids and my neighborhood and my community and my creativity by taking that rest, by shutting it down, by pushing things aside to say, Nope, I'm not going to give attention to this. So, so breaks are going to keep you inspired, encouraged working for the long haul rest. It was always going to allow us to do our best creativity. So, so bake into your rule of life, some form of rest. I really encourage you to do that. And then number 10, I will live. I will live. That sounds weird. Well, what does that mean? Well, creating and making stuff is important, but it's so is living. 
Because I think healthy living fuels good art. So fill your life with people that lift you up, that are supportive. Get involved in causes and experiences that make a difference in the world. Don't, don't make whatever you're creating or your thing the only thing. I think that's unhealthy. I think when you, when you only have the one thing and it's the thing you, you think about all the time and it's the only thing that matters, I think other relationships and other opportunities to be a blessing in our world suffer. So don't get so consumed that you forget to live your life. I remember uh, an author years ago, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember which author it was, I forget, but, but in an interview, he said something to the effect. He said, you know, when you write this, these books when you're really young, and he, he had written these books when he was, you know, early 20s, and then be- now he had continued to write books in, into his 30s, 40s, 50s. I think he was in his 50s at that point. Realized, you know, I didn't have much to say in my 20s because I didn't really live my life. And he said, actually, the best art comes from these experiences they have. And a lot of those experiences are heartache. A lot of those experiences are failure. It's not, you know, how you're killing it and being successful, but it's actually the opposite. And so living's important. That's how you make good art. Be a student of the world. Be a student of people. Um, be an observer. Cultivate awe and wonder in your life so that you can do better work. Because there's this kind of weird narrative that says you have to, you know, drink and drug and to really be a genuine artist and to really create the good things, you know, you have to be sad all the time. But I think the best art art comes from today, especially is from joyful and humble and healthy people, because your art is an overflow of who you are. And if you have nothing to give other people or nothing to share with other people, um, because of being unhealthy and just being obsessive about this thing and not having any other outlets, you'll go crazy. So prolific creator community. I know these aren't perfect rules of life, but I think they're things that can get us headed in the right, right direction. And so I want you to take some, I want you to leave some, I want you to create your own order rule of life, your own way of being intentional in your creative life. So you don't just have good intentions because your story and your work matters. And so what I've done is I've made this PDF available. So if you would like to sign up for this PDF, um, the link is in uh, the show notes. You can find it on our website as well, uh, ryanjpelton.com slash tools. And you can get this PDF, these 10 rules for the creative life that you could print off, put it on your desk, put it on your mirror, and just a way to kind of remind yourself, you know, what are the rules that I have in place so that I can actually start being a writer, start being a creator rather than just talking about it that I can put these things on the calendar, that I can take the rest that I need, that I can fight perfection. All these things can just be a reminder. And then whatever you come up with, maybe you can write right next to them the rules that you want to put into your life so that you can be more intentional about the things that you're creating. I'm so excited to be back doing this podcast. And I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the last one, but I had taken a a long break from the prolific writer and now re-engaging with the prolific creator. And so I'm really excited to share these shows with you and the interviews that will be coming as well. Sometimes you'll hear me, just me, and sometimes you'll hear me with other people um, who are creating good things, making good work in the world. So I'm, I'm so excited to share that with you. If you want to stay uh, up to speed on what's going on, please uh, head over to the website, ryanjpelton.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. Um, also a great way to know when this show comes live 
uh, when it does is to subscribe to this podcast. And also if you'd be kind to leave a review, if you have enjoyed the show and enjoyed past shows, it really helps us get uh, this work out into the world. We'd really, really appreciate it. I have some other tools on my website. You can check that out as well. And we'll keep, keep things going. I'm working on kind of the flow and when these things might come out, it looks like it might be uh, potentially either Monday or Tuesday, probably leaning more towards Tuesday release date. So hopefully every Tuesday we'll have at least uh, one show ready to go. Um, as time allows. So thank you so much for joining the prolific creator. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. And I just encourage you to go and make something great with your life and share it with the world. I'll talk to you guys real, real soon.